The Axe of the Blood God. <laughs> And welcome to another episode of Acts of the Blood God, U.S. Gamers' official RPG podcast. I'm Cat Bailey, and joining me today is Bob Mackey. Howdy ho, everybody! And also joining the podcast for the first time is Polygon's Bill Kohler. Hello, thank you for having me. Wow! So big week. Bloodborne is officially out. This podcast will be entirely about Bloodborne. We'll be breaking it down in a lot of details. We'll be including user feedback so let's get started right now so the first thing i want to say is i am completely blown away by the response that bloodborne has gotten i mean i shouldn't be surprised that uh, given the kind of love that has been shown dark souls for quite a while now but i just want to rewind time really quickly to i'd say 2010 or it was either 2009 or 2010 when Demon Souls originally came out. And I hate being a kind of a Souls game hipster, but I was very much on board with that game right away. But I remember that nobody wanted to review it. Uh, mm-hmm. Ray Barnhold over at 1UP was the only one who showed any interest in it. I just randomly took it home one day and went, wow, this is actually really good. I really love the combat. It, it feels terrific. Um, but when I talked to other journalists about it and other reviewers, they were like, ah, I don't, it's, it's, it's buggy and it's really, really hard and I just don't understand this game. So I figured that it was consigned to forever be a niche game. You know, Kat, I, uh, I was right there with you. Um, I was over, it was 2009, I, I remember, because I had just started at Game Informer um, and... Uh, it, it was, as you say, nobody wanted to review it. I think there was one editor at Game Informer who had done a preview of it um, using a near-complete build and thought it was complete trash. Um, mm-hmm. But I was kind of an Atlas fanboy, so I was like, oh, you know, I'll give it a shot. You know, what's the worst that could happen? And ended up taking it home and completely falling in love with it. Um, I think I gave it a 9, and everybody at Game Informer was like, thought I was crazy. They, they thought it was complete nonsense. <laughs> Yeah, Ray Barnhold ended up giving it an A. And not to pile on our friends uh, who did, gosh, what was the name of the video show back in the day? Uh, Area 5. Uh, but they really hated that show. So there's a video out there, or a game, uh, sorry, that game. So there's a video out there somewhere where we are heatedly arguing over the Souls games. And now they're practically beyond reproach. It's fascinating. And everybody is playing Bloodborne. Bob? What was your? Well, how did you get into the Souls? <laughs> I'm out of curiosity. I do want to say uh, before we go on that I think the the more things change, the more they stay the same. Because I I still see the same. I mean, like uh, people that kind of know what a Souls game is now and what to expect, but I still see the same like uh, critical commentary from some people that I saw with Demon Souls and Dark Souls. So I, I guess not everybody gets it yet. Well, it's still very much it's a it's still very much a series where either this is something that you're into or it's not, and. I, I feel like I see a lot of people who, where it's not something they're into, um, it's not as simple as because because the people who are into it love it so much. I feel like uh, people get defensive about it um, and about why they don't like it. So I see a lot of like um, you know both people who write about video games, but also just general gamers like on Twitter and such who, if if this isn't their type of game. 
they get really angry about why it's not their type of game. Yeah, yeah. It's like they find. I mean, I, I was telling Cat like they find the idea preposterous. Like you would make me do this in a video game. How dare you, sir? Good day. That's kind of the attitude I see. But you know, these games aren't for everybody, and that's why it's hard to write an all-purpose review because you have to be a certain kind of person to enjoy them. I'm not saying you have to be like smart or a better person or a better gamer, whatever that means, but it is made for a certain kind of mindset and a certain kind of uh, level of patience not a lot of people have. I think we can yeah. I think we can all agree that if you don't uh, like the people who like this game are better than the people who don't. Uh, I think we can all <laughs> oh, of course. To, I'm just kidding. I'm just being Sorry. a jerk. <laughs> so, I, I, I am curious though, Bob, how did you get into the Souls games? Uh, well, I, I, I was kind of a late adopter of the PS3 because um, it was pretty much doom and gloom from the beginning with that system until about the midway point. So, I eventually picked up a PS3 in 2010, and then I started working at Atlas, and um, Company Secrets, uh, they would occasionally sell you know workers their games at a, at a discount price, and so that's, that's where I got Demon Souls, and... Uh, I kind of bashed my head against it, and I really liked it, although it took me maybe 30 hours to understand how summoning worked. I didn't actually go onto message boards and wikis and watch videos like I should have, so it was just me and this game for maybe like a year, uh, back and forth, until I finally finished it, and that's when all of the Dark Souls hype was ramping up, and I was immediately on board with Dark Souls, and uh, since then I've reviewed every Souls game, including uh, Bloodborne, so, which, I'll, which I'll be finishing my review. Um, it, it will have been finished by the time this, this episode goes out. Yeah, the thing that I've always found amazing about the Dark Souls games, uh, aside from the pack, I've always found that the emphasis on the difficulty is perhaps a little overstated because, frankly, you can kind of brute force those games by having people come in through multiplayer. I've argued in the past that Dark Souls is my personal game of the previous generation because of the way that it handled multiplayer, the way that it kind of changed action games for the better in the way that it moved away from fast and kinetic to slow, deliberate, impactful, uh, the brilliance of its boss battles and uh, things like that. It is a wonderfully designed game. So, moving on to Bloodborne. Uh, Bloodborne is kind of had an interesting pathway. I remember back in 2009 or 2010 having played Demon Souls and hearing in the background that there was a rather large battle going on for the rights between multiple publishers. And one side, uh, and whoever won, would get to publish the sequel to Demon's Souls. And that ended up being Bandai Namco, and they did not get to retain the rights and ended up creating Dark Souls. And the assumption was for a long time that there would be a Demon's Souls 2 from Sony because Sony was the original publisher of Demon's Souls, and instead, mm -hmm. the original creator of Demon's Souls came out and created something entirely new, which is Bloodborne, which one user on Twitter asked, best 3D Castlevania? Well, is it? Is it the best <laughs> 3D Castlevania, guys? It c I mean, it's spooky enough, I'll give it that. Yeah. Um, you can start with a whip, so that's important. It is probably uh, the path... Castlevania maybe should have taken, but didn't. Um, I can I can see it being uh, compared to Castlevania. I mean, it plays much different, but if you're looking for that kind of experience, this is this is pretty much it. With without the kind of Castlevania goofiness you usually get, it's it's pretty dark. Yeah, I mean, uh, even you know, Dark Souls had been uh, compared to Castlevania by some people as well, um, but I think this one it comes across more clearly because it is actually uh, you know it has that it shares that gothic horror style. Um, 
and it uh, uh, you can actually you can start the game with a whip. Yeah, it's funny because if you look back at the original Castlevania, I mean, certainly uh, it wasn't what you would call a slow-paced game, but it was definitely deliberate compared to other action platformers, say, like Ninja Gaiden. So it seems appropriate that a game like Bloodborne, uh, which is very based, much based on the, blood, uh, the, the Soul series, which are themselves very deliberate action games, would be compared to Castlevania. Of course, one of the things that's really interesting about Bloodborne in comparison to the Soul series is, uh, you know, again, obviously it's still very deliberate. It's still very much building off that same style of combat, but uh, it is a little bit more action heavy. It is a little bit more, um, it's, it, I would say, heavily encourages players to be a little bit more aggressive. So let's segue into actually uh, the, the differences between Bloodborne and the Soul series. So. One of the big ones that has been commented on, no shields. Uh-huh. So that is true. Does it work? Does it not work? Actually, I, oh, there, you can get a shield. That's right, yeah, actually. But it's like what? a joke shield. I forgot about that. <laughs> it's like a bunch of rotting planks like strung together. It's like a it's like right. a it's basically like the designers saying like, Oh, you miss your shield? Here, take this. You can you can have your shield. Um but yeah, it is uh, the the no shield thing is for a player like me who in the Souls games, you know, my build was always very much about turtling up behind a shield. Um, it's a little terrifying, a little bit intimidating. You and everybody else, um, though, I had a shield, but I would also like roll around a whole lot. So, is Bloodborne mostly rolling around? Oh yeah! In fact, they uh, they alter the dodging system where uh, you roll normally when you're you know using the roll button outside of combat. But when you're locked onto someone, you do these weird like sidesteps that are more uh, combat friendly. So it is really a lot about dodging. But even if you don't have a shield, uh, if an enemy hits you and you hit them back within a certain window of time, you'll get that health back. So the game really encourages you to take big risks, like risks you normally would not take in a Souls game. Yeah, another big part of that is um, the the Estus Flask system, which was one of the big things that Dark Souls in particular uh, was was known for. You know, you had a certain number of potions that you would start with every time you died, um, and part of the game was uh, trying to uh, use those potions at the right time. Um, that system is gone, and that that health regain system where you get hit, but then you can regain it by attacking within a certain window of time is kind of like the replacement for that. It's kind of like you don't get this set number of potions every time, but whenever you get hit, you have a certain window to uh, to keep that health. Bob, in your review, you use a word that a lot of RPG fans dread to hear. You use the word streamline. Uh-oh. <laughs> yes, use that word. Bloodborne is has been streamlined in comparison to other Souls games. You take note of the fact that the nine character attributes from Dark Souls 2 have been reduced to six. That's true, yeah. Equipment burden gone entirely. Yep. Uh, what is, this game is for filthy casuals now. <laughs> it's for filthy action game fans, and I wash my hands of it. No, I'm... It really is objectively a um, objectively speaking, uh, it is a it is a less complex game than any Souls game. Um, you can't play it uh, as varied as you could with the Souls game. In fact, really, the game emphasizes like in your face melee combat, no matter what weapon you're using. There's no uh, 
I mean, there is magic of a certain kind, but it's not super useful, and your long-range attacks are kind of just used to stun enemies instead of kill them, so if you're looking for, like, oh, I'm going to play as a, as a sorcerer, I'm going to play as an archer, I'm going to play as a... There's really only one way to play Bloodborne, and that's just hacking things to death in their face. Bill? Yeah, no, I, that's definitely true. Um, I would almost go so far as to say, though, uh, you know, you can... <clears throat> I feel like a, a, a hardcore Souls fan who hasn't played Bloodborne might hear that and be really scared. Um, and certainly, um, I was kind of hearing the, those impressions early on. Uh, but the more that I play, I would almost say, like, not even streamlined necessarily, but, like, it's a more focused game. It's like they, they chose that one play style and were like, let's focus on this one play style and just get that perfect. Let's get it feeling as good as it has ever felt um so even as somebody who didn't like that was not my play style in the souls games um i'm finding myself really getting into it and really appreciating it um i i, I miss the variety and i i you know look forward to playing the dark souls 2 re-release or dark souls 3 or whatever whenever that comes out but I kind of like the fact that they really separated themselves and were like we're gonna do something different here and and that is just focusing in on this one type. You know, when I played Dark Souls, or when I played the original Dark Souls, I haven't spent as much time with Dark Souls 2 as I would have liked. Um, I remember magic was definitely unbalanced early on. Um, A lot of succeeding in that game was kind of finding your class niche and being able to grow from within that like whatever you're comfortable with when it comes to weapons is there a similar sense of that going on in bloodborne Uh, i would say not really um as as bob said uh pretty much all of the the game comes down to in your face melee combat so it's like it's really this one style that you have to get used to um obviously there are different weapons and those weapons feel different um they, they've introduced a really cool system called uh, Trick Weapons, which is most of the weapons in the game now, you can tap the uh, the L1 button, which would have been used for blocking before, um, and it changes the weapon into a different form. Um, so a- as an example, like you can start the game with this cane that's like really short range, um, really fast attacks. If you tap L1, it turns into a whip, and then it's really uh, sort of... Uh, longer range and more like AOE attacks. Um, so there are different like there's there's slightly different variations on style within those weapon types. Um, but you know there's not like your your classes that you're starting. Uh, I think you call it an origin story in this, not even a class. Um, your starting origin really is just determining these basic stat things, uh, even greater than than in previous uh, than in the Souls games. Um, you're not even, like, changing your, your equipment when you start. You know, this has been kind of a running meme throughout the first few episodes of Acts of the Blood God, and I hate recording, returning to it, but can we dispense with the notion that Dark Souls and, by extension, Bloodborne is not an RPG? <laughs> uh, just Are because people saying this? I have heard people legitimately say that the Souls games and also, uh, and therefore, by extension, uh, Bloodborne is not an RPG, which is absolutely crazy to me because, I mean, half the game is sitting there figuring out how to properly equip your character, um, 
improve its their that character's love, figure out which stats to improve uh using the items at the right time just because it's an action game i mean it's a friggin' dungeon crawler in the greatest traditions right anyway let us dispense with that <laughs> bloodborne is an rpg um phil i was looking at your twitter feed and you were dishing some hot takes and i want to share them right here sure. you said Whoa. Where I felt like Dark Souls 2 was a refined and a really good intro to the series, Bloodborne feels like a step back in the area. It's super difficult right off the bat, heavily obscured new mechanics, etc. And of course, you said you also added that it's really rad so far. Yeah, no. Uh, uh, do you stand by that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it's interesting. When I posted that, I actually got um, varied responses, which is uh, <clears throat> about half the people responding completely agreed with me, and, and the other half were like, I found this to be a much easier intro into the into the style of game than Dark Souls, hmm. and it kind of that that really threw me for a loop. Um, but in, in my opinion, uh, I, I loved Dark Souls too, and you know I know some Souls fans didn't like Dark Souls too quite as much. But uh, in my opinion, one of the things that was really cool and interesting about Dark Souls two is the the tutorial felt much uh, smarter and better thought out, um, and it just felt like a like a softer, gentler intro to what this type of game is, and not in a way that I felt took away from the the difficulty overall of the game, but just uh, it made it easier for for somebody who was completely new to the Soul series to um, understand what was cool about it and get invested. Uh, but it, there definitely seems to be some debate about that. Some people feel differently. Some people feel like Bloodborne is better at that. The thing that the thing that uh, the the thing that made me say that, I guess, is that um, Bloodborne's first area that you have to fight through is really long, really difficult, um, and you do not have the option to level up until you get to the boss. Um, yeah, and that way it's identical to uh, Demon Souls. Yes, yes, it is, uh, and. Although even well, I guess it's been a long time since I played Demon Souls, so I don't want to say <laughs> like that's cool. Uh, you do have to beat that first boss before yes. you unlock uh, level ups and stuff like that. Yeah, but I don't think the level is as long as uh, Yarnum is. It's it's not as long, and also uh, the big thing about uh, Central Yarnum here is there's just these huge groups of um, patrolling enemies um, going back and forth along this strip, and um, and I feel like. Once you get used to it, they're not that hard to take down. It's not that hard to be patient and figure out what they're doing. But uh, but for someone going into it for the first time, or even somebody coming over from the Souls games, it's a it's a very different feeling. Uh, you know, you have to you have to learn how to uh, how to properly approach these these guys. You know, I'm glad that you guys reference Demon Souls. Uh, people are saying that this is the spiritual successor to demon souls is that fair to say oh for sure like i definitely think so in terms of uh tone specifically it is a much darker game there in dark souls and dark souls 2 there were moments of beauty and hope and um humanity in this game there there is none of that everything is on the way out things that you think you fixed quickly become undone um it's a very very like unforgiving uh cruel world that this game takes place in yeah, and it but also, also uh, mechanically, I think, or structurally, rather, um, it does have the, the Dark Souls-style big open world, but then there is also a hub system. Um, there's, like, a an area you go back to to level up and then kind right. of warp out of that feels 
very much like the hub in in uh, um, Demon Souls. So does uh, Josh Anderson over on Twitter um, at at Sketchlayer Josh ask Does the Demon Souls esque hub world lead to a more guided experience? I found Dark Souls a bit aimless compared to Demon Souls. Hmm. Uh, this is probably a good question for Bob, who's played a lot more of the game than me. I'm, I'm, I have not completed Bloodborne and have much more to go at this point. But I uh, will say, I, I will say oh, from. Oh, sorry. Oh no, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I was just going to say, I, I will say for my for my um, my time just in Central Yarnum, I would say it's not more guided necessarily, just because like, at least in this first area that, uh, that I've been working through and uh, and exploring. There are so many side paths. There are so many like hidden hidden paths. Um, there's shortcuts to open up. There's like I, I found myself in the sewers for a while, and I don't think I need to be there yet. I think it's just totally like an optional side area. Um, it's 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 certainly not just like the hub system is not mean like you're warping to an area and then it's just a straight shot. Bob. Yes. Well, I mean. The the person was saying that Dark Souls was a little aimless. Is that what what the case was? Yeah, that's he was saying that Dark Souls is or demon. He felt Dark Souls felt a little aimless and compared to the more guided experience of Demon Souls. Okay, well, um, in that case, I don't think they're they're going to like Bloodborne very much because while the game gives you. Uh, it, it gives you direct information more than Dark Souls ever did. Like, some notes will be like, oh, go here, you should go here next, uh, in its own way. But in many cases, I would, I would beat a boss and be like, I have no idea where to go next. And in some cases, I missed an entire area just because um, I missed a door or I missed a staircase. And some areas you get into through really unorthodox means, and I don't want to spoil anything, but um, the way you'll access some areas is not through a door or a portal. It's through... Um, some some strange circumstances that uh, I like I said I will not spoil them but I can't wait for people to talk about it when they figure it out themselves. Even in the first area, um, the way that you get to the first shortcut, which makes the so like the journey from the first uh, lanterns, not bonfires in this, they're lanterns. The journey from the first lantern to the first boss is like a twenty minute trek, um, and the way that you open a shortcut that makes it like a five minute uh, trek is you need to get to that area by like going through some boxes and then jumping down to a lower level. And it's something that I completely missed the first three, four, five times that I went through that zone and then kind of found by accident later. Um, so, so yeah, even in that sense, it's like the, the shortcuts themselves can be obscured. Like you definitely need to explore and there's a lot of side paths. Um, count Discord um, at count at count or sorry at Discord count wants to know how does the gameplay feel using guns because ga- guns are definitely a thing in Bloodborne now. Well, guns are not really uh, weapons, as I as I pointed out in the review, and I think I, we talked about it a little on here. Maybe um, guns are not you're not going to be sniping people with guns. You're not going to be rolling up and with your machine gun or your cannon or whatever. Though there are some more powerful weapons, but essentially uh, guns are just used to assist you with these things called visceral attacks. Where if you fire a gun before an enemy attack uh, connects, they will become stunned, and you can do this super powerful, really great-looking move where you essentially rip out their heart. I'm pretty sure, but um, it is it is really fun to do, and when you get the timing down, it, it's so satisfying. So it's yeah, basically guns, uh, yeah. it's basically the replacement for the Souls uh, parry system. Um, so it, it operates the way that a parry would work in Souls, where you knock away an enemy's weapon as they're attacking with your shield, 
and then you get to do like a super powerful counter attack. Um, I, I think I I had like a snarky tweet last night about how this game basically feels like the director uh, of of Dark Souls is like, hey, I heard that you never really learned how to parry correctly, and then just made a whole game that's entirely based around that. <laughs> It feels a lot more natural, though. I, I feel like they mm-hmm. gave up on that parry repost system in uh, Dark Souls 2 because I don't think there are even tutorial messages about it, but you can still do it. Yeah. And in, in Demon and Dark Souls, they were like, oh, here's how you do this really th- simple thing that you'll rely on, but I was always so bad at it. But I, I'm much better at this uh, this stun mechanic. The, the, I don't know why. The timing uh, window seems less harsh than it ever was. Um, yeah, that and, could be and, it. And maybe, maybe there's just something about the fact that... Uh, mentally too like you're shooting them so it feels like you're also hurting them even though you're not doing a lot of damage yeah and like swinging a shield to intercept something that's also swinging at you it can be really tricky because there's a lot of weird timing that i don't think just firing a gun it involves you're just hitting a button and you know yeah. that's it no i agree i do agree with you though i was bad at parrying and i i feel like uh as scared of this new system as i was um it's it's really been gelling for me I'm still mourning the inability to blow off an opponent's head with a hand cannon. Real miss opportunity <laughs> sure. there, Bloodborne. Sure. For sure. Um, so let's talk about the bosses really quickly. I've always found that the bosses are kind of a hallmark of, you know, what the Souls games are. They're usually big, memorable, terrifying, really strong. They are the... the uh, where... Yeah, the challenges that you have to overcome to be able to advance. How are, how are the bosses in Bloodborne? Um, I will say, uh, again, not being uh, super far into the game, not having faced a ton of the bosses, but uh, I know a lot of people who were disappointed with Dark Souls 2, one of their primary complaints, and again, this is coming from somebody, I love Dark Souls 2, but for the people who didn't love it, one of the primary complaints was that uh, they felt a lot of people felt that the bosses were a little too samey, it was repeats of bosses from Dark Souls 1 or a lot of bosses who are just like big, fast, powerful human-type characters rather than you know the more interesting monstrosities that uh, Dark Souls 1 and Demon Souls had. Um, I think those, those players will not be disappointed <laughs> in, uh, in Bloodborne. Like the, the bosses here are some creepy, disgusting, uh, scary-looking creatures. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, they are huge and powerful. There are a few, like, uh, quote-unquote, dual bosses where you're just fighting another human, and sometimes those can be even harder just because of how fast the human opponents can be. But I really enjoyed the bosses, and in fact, I've had to take on a number of them by myself because um, of the pre-release, uh, how no one was on playing, uh, sorry, how no one was online playing, and also how the ser- there's some weird server issues or connectivity issues or something that's not being very helpful in terms of co-op, but... Uh, I've had to take on a number of them myself, and uh, it's 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 doable. But I really wish the camera was better for some of the bosses. Bob just nailed why I will never review a Souls game <laughs> slash Bloodborne yeah. game again. <laughs> because oh my god, not having that that crutch available when you're under the gun for a review deadline is one of the most frustrating things ever. Yes, it is. Uh, I think I think Bob's 100 percent right on the the camera issue. Um, it and, and this is something that I think the Souls games ran into too, in particular. When it's a boss that's really big, like like five times bigger than you are, and one of the main strategies with those big bosses is always going to be, you know, running under it, like rolling yeah. under its legs. 
um, and the camera uh, they have not fixed the issue where it, where the camera tends to kind of freak out. Um, at this point, I feel like they've kind of said like it's just become part of the strategy for those bosses. It's like part of learning how to defeat those bosses is accepting like okay, lock-ons is not going to work here. So let's just continue right on into multiplayer. One of the things that always so my theory as to why Dark Souls has become as popular as it is um, aside from the fact that it is a really really good game is that it was perfectly positioned to take advantage of the rise of streaming culture and YouTube culture Uh, there is a thriving community uh, surrounding the Souls games on YouTube Um, a lot of people enjoy doing speed runs they enjoy mastering the game uh, and putting that on YouTube and there's interestingly enough a thriving pvp community with people who just enjoy going into games uh fighting one another um which is interesting because it's mostly randomized is bloodborne kind of like positioned to further take advantage of that what is well i I suppose the first question i gotta ask is how is the multiplayer different in bloodborne uh the biggest difference that i know of um so they've introduced this uh and and Bob can almost certainly speak a little bit more to how this functions, but they've introduced something called uh, the the Chalice Dungeon System, um, which is actually a uh, randomized dungeon that you can create. Um, and my understanding uh, is that these dungeons are meant to be played co-op, um, and you you can get matched up with people randomly, but my understanding is that you can actually create a Chalice Dungeon and put on a password and give that password to your friends and specifically team up with your friends which is a a massive change from the souls games of past like people have created workarounds with with previous souls games to make sure that you're teaming up with your friends but it has never been something that the game has actually really encouraged or put in any any tools to allow that to happen i mean part of the appeal of the souls games was that even though there were ghosts around you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you felt like you were in a connected world. You also felt totally alone. Yeah. That you would run into a stranger and it would be almost like uh, two ships passing in the night. Oh, look, uh, here's this person. I don't know who they are. They're faceless. Oh, they're trying to kill me. Oh, my God. Yeah. So it, it it's an interesting thing that they effectively put in co-op. Um, I mean, it's specifically for this one type, right? This one mm-hmm. area of the game, but it's still it's a it it's, feels to me like a very big change. It feels like they're a little like they're trying to have ether cake and have it. God, how do you put? Uh, sure, yeah. It that. feels like they're trying to have it both ways. I should say. There you go. Yeah, I did it. They want to be able to retain the atmosphere, but they also want to be able to shut up all the people who've been complaining about the lack of co-op over the years, fair to say? Yeah, I mean, uh, in Dark Souls 2, there's an item you use, basically, where you select the god you're worshipping, and then you have your friends select the same one out of a list of, like, 12, and that will help you do multiplayer. And in fact, I I played through most of Dark Souls 2 uh, DLC with my friends. Um, It's it's doable. And uh, the the password system also extends to the game as well. Um... I, I was doing co-op with somebody in the main game, and I died, and I was like, I guess that's the end of that. But then he messaged me through PSN and was like, hey, uh, here's a password, put it in, let's try it again. And I did it, and uh, we jumped back into the game and beat the boss. But apparently, I read online, you need, you need PS Plus to receive messages? Um, is that true? Does anyone know? I have no clue. 
that's I just something I've heard uh, in the, in a Dark Souls thread I'm reading. Like you apparently you need a PS Plus subscription to send messages. Um, I don't know. I can't it's, verify that. It's crazy to me that somebody would own a, a PlayStation Four and not have PS Plus since you're missing out on like a ton of really like free games and also multiplayer. But that's an entire. But I suppose there are people who don't have PS Plus and might run into that issue. Um, I am curious to know if that is, in fact, a problem. Uh, But otherwise, uh, Bloodborne is pretty much the same as the other Souls games in terms of the way the uh, the summoning people and uh, the PvP works. Yeah, I will say say, uh, that, um, and I think Bob mentioned this already a little bit, but it seems like there have been some, some server issues at launch, which... Uh, I don't, f- I don't remember really happening with the previous Souls games, um, and I feel like it's become like the cliche of this generation of like, oh, a game launched with online problems. But um, just as an example, like uh, even even the you know one of the things the Souls games have always had is are those um, you know blood puddles that you can select them and and watch how someone died in that area. Um, those for the first day or two uh were functioning very sporadically for me like i would i would select i would see them and i would select them but uh, the the ghost that's showing how they died would not show up um so mm-hmm. it it feels like there's some some weird server online issues going on yeah i really hope it's temporary i hope it's not just how the game is op- is is uh, designed i you know, I, it'll take people months to figure out like the actual math that goes into summoning and and who is summoned and who isn't and how it works because plenty of people have done that with Dark Souls and Dark Souls Two. But and when Dark Souls Two came out, I remember distinctly like as soon as I put down a summon sign, I was like out of the game and in someone else's. It was like almost instantaneous. But in uh, I've been playing Bloodborne a lot and trying to finish it for review. And there are times where I would ring my bell, my summoning bell, which is how you pull people into the world. I'd ring it in front of a boss gate. And I'd be waiting like 25 minutes, and it's like, there has to be someone else who wants to help me fight this boss. It, it's like, it's mathematically impossible for that not to happen, so why is it not pulling anyone into my game? So it's been a little frustrating, because I really want to do multiplayer. Um, the times I've been able to do it have been a lot of fun. Server issues. What a shock. <laughs> Tell me about a game that doesn't have server issues at launch. Yeah, like I said, I hope it is uh, temporary. I-, I hope they're not secretly working with like a peer-to-peer system, like in Dark Souls. I hope it's like legitimately a single server. I don't know. I haven't looked into that, but um, I the don't. Problem want is, them- if it's the problem that it is like you know, if it's a single server, but it's one of Sony's servers. Yeah, <laughs> we've seen how those work in games like Drive Club. <laughs> like, oh God, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Either way, hopefully, hopefully it improves. Um, it- it- it's not like a total disaster. Um, no, it's no. Just uh, seems to have issues on and off. Is it wrong that I'm disappointed? There's no PC version. It is not wrong to be disappointed in that. It is, in fact, completely right to be disappointed in that. Um, I've had a lot of people asking me on Twitter, like, "Hey, do you think a PC version could happen?" And you know, I I, I want to believe, but it seems so unlikely with uh, with Sony publishing it. I would say it's practically, it's not going to happen. There's going to be it, no. You know, if version. it were if it were a Microsoft exclusive, I would be like, yeah. You know, Microsoft eventually, a lot of times they like, eventually are like, all right, whatever, put it on PC. But it just doesn't seem like it's going to happen with Sony. <clears throat> one thing I would like, one reason I would love a PC version of this game, all because you know it's never going to happen. But I assume it would get rid of some of the horrendous load times I've experienced uh, with this game, which have been pretty uh, rough for a uh, 
for a Souls type experience. And I, I'm really spoiled. Um, I'm really spoiled by playing Dark Souls two and Dark Souls one on the PC, where when I die, it's maybe three or four seconds, and then bam, the game is back. With Bloodborne, it's like, oh, I die. Time to get out my phone or like pick up a book or something because I'm going to be here a while. Even looking even, at that logo. Yeah, even Dark Souls one and two, like on consoles, on on last gen consoles, um, the load times were rough, but it was like what, maybe 15, 20 seconds? Um, I feel like there are times with Bloodborne where it can get up to, like, 45, 50, maybe even a minute at times. And, like, that's crazy. It's yeah, I've really had some pretty crazy. rough... Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's... Does it have the same frame rate issues that Dark Souls had uh, um, on console? I would say not as bad as, uh, as Dark Souls 1 and 2, um, especially Dark Souls 1. But, uh, but certainly... Bloodborne is not running at a solid 60 frames per second. Um, it There are moments where the game gets very, like, very framey, for lack of a better word. Yeah, I think, like, whoever does all the, looks into all the frame rates and stuff uh, has verified it is a 30 FPS game uh, with some weird technical tricks going on, but in co-op, at least, it does, uh, the frame rate does dip pretty high when you are playing with one or even two other people. It, it can get, like, into the not the single digits, but close to maybe like 12, 15, 20, you know, it, does, it doesn't look very pretty. It's definitely, you know, it's definitely a case where I, I think one of the biggest disappointments, technically speaking, with this game, is, it's just that it's a very good looking game. It looks pretty, but you can tell it's running on the exact same engine that Demon's Souls was running on. Um, and Demon's Souls or Dark Souls? Demon's Souls. I mean, Dark Souls is also running on that engine, I think. Uh, like, you can tell, like, the the framework at the very bottom level goes all the way back to that. And they've, I'm sure they've upgraded it lots. I'm sure they've uh, implemented lots of new tools and tricks to make it super pretty and to make it run a little bit better. But, um, you know, there's got to, like, in the back of my mind, I've got to wonder, like, when are they just going to bite the bullet, so to speak, and have an entirely new engine um, entirely new backend running this this series because I, I I've got to feel like that's holding them back. Knowing from software, never, never. <laughs> yeah, no. You know, it, honestly, if we if we really like dug into it, it's like, oh, it turns out Demon Souls itself is running on the King's Quest One engine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they just keep adding to it. Yeah. It's, you mean Kingsfield? Sorry, Kingsfield, not King's Quest. Sorry, that I was don't a, mean to be pedantic. No, 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 that was a that was a silly mistake. <laughs> I knew it. Um, is there an equivalent of Blight Town in Bloodborne? Um, I if there, ha- I mean, there is an area with a swamp, but it's not like all swamp. So not really. There, I don't think there's really a Blight Town to speak of. Um, and what's the death penalty like in Bloodborne? If you can't tell, I haven't played <laughs> Bloodborne, so I'm kind of taking... I'm being the audience surrogate for this episode. Um, I really want to play it, but I'm kind of in the middle of Xenoblade Chronicles and Pillars of Eternity, which is uh, one of the curses of being a games journalist. You can play all of the games, but sometimes there just aren't enough well, those hours are, in the day. Those are both short games. You can probably just knock those out. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Exactly. So I don't even remember what question that I was asking. Um, uh, Blight Town? Death penalty. Yeah. Death penalty. Oh, death penalty. Death penalty, yeah. Uh, yeah, the uh, the death penalty is, is you know, going to be very familiar to anyone who's played the previous games. It's basically, you drop your, uh, they're not souls, they're blood echoes in this game. Very um, different. 
yeah, ex- extremely different. So all the experience points that you've you've piled up, you drop them wherever you died. Uh, one one interesting tweak on this is certain if like a regular enemy kills you, um, instead of dropping your blood echoes in a pile, they'll be dropped like they'll be absorbed by that enemy. Um, and you'll see when you return that area, the enemy will have kind of glowing eyes. That's the sign like this is the enemy who has your blood echoes. Um, and in order to get them back, you actually have to kill that enemy rather than just running up and touching the part. Um, thankfully, that does not seem to be the case with bosses uh, in my experience so far. So that would be that has not happened yet. No, yeah, that would so, be such a soul thing to happen. I know, I totally expected it, but uh, so far, every time that I've died at a boss, when I go back to the boss, my my blood echoes are just in a pile there, and I can quickly run in and grab them before the boss kills me yet again. <laughs> now, Kat, you asked about penalties and. This game actually has fewer pe- penalties for death than a Souls game, um, because if you remember in Souls, you're either like unde- un- hollowed or living or whatever you want to call it, and you know dying when you're living makes you hollowed. In order to become human again, you need to beat a boss or use humanity or whatever. In this game, you're always alive even when you die, so there's no uh, living dead state to worry about that restricts co-op. It's, you're always alive, so. Yeah. Uh, okay. So here's. Here's another question that I've kind of got to ask, and I think it's pertinent now. I like the Souls games a lot. Um, Dark Souls was my game of the year when it came out. Demon's Souls was probably also my game of the year, though I don't remember too well. It's been six years since we've kind of started approaching that formula. Have we reached the point where that kind of Souls game approach has lost some of its novelty? Um, I would say, uh, and this is again going back to that discussion of what's different with Bloodborne, um, I would say Bloodborne is is very actively fighting against that in the sense of, um, like I said, focusing in on this one type of gameplay and getting it really right and, uh, and making it so that it does feel distinct, um, both in setting and tone and in the type of gameplay. Um, it feels distinct from Dark Souls. Um, the other the the other thing that I would say though is there there is some concern with the fact that clearly now from software has two teams um, that are working on games on and off. So um, you know if whatever the next Souls game is, the Dark Souls three or whatever it might be, if that's coming and it's coming like next year, um, that that could start. If, if this ends up being like a Call of Duty situation where there is a new <laughs> Souls-type game from, from software every year on and off from like the different teams, I, I feel like it it could start getting to be overkill. Like Even just the fact that Bloodborne just came out and now the next-gen re-release of Dark Souls 2 is like three weeks away. Um, you know, I, well, this is Bandai Namco. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know. but I, And that's the thing. is like I think Bandai Namco is going to keep pushing from to be like, yeah, Dark Souls 3, let's go. We're ready. Um, At so, this point, it's probably their most profitable video game yeah, franchise. Absolutely, which is it's crazy. What are, all they've got is that and, and uh, Dragon Ball games. So uh, well, that's not true. They got Gundam. All they've got is that and Dragon Ball games, and they're uh, just flying off the shelves. <laughs> uh, but no, so it's it's a uh, yeah. I, I think there's concern still that this could happen in the future. I think Bloodborne is on from software's part a very smart step in fighting against that by saying look we can create something that has the same feel but at the same point uh also feels very distinct i just want to add 
uh, Phil, to your comment, uh, Dark Souls slash Bloodborne isn't even from software's only franchise. They are, they are still making Armored Core games Oh, I know, well. I know. I'm just saying, like, clearly they've got, like, the two teams that are doing these types of games, and I suspect will continue doing as those two teams, you know? At this point, i got to figure that they're pretty well funded between Sony and uh, Bandai Namco, yeah. so there's that at least. Certainly. Uh, Bob, what do you think? Well, I mean, I feel like we're incredibly spoiled now, Souls fans, because since Dark Souls 2 has come out uh, that about a year ago, we've had nothing but content, including Bloodborne, like Souls-type content. So in one way, if you're really spoiled, um, I don't want it to become annualized, but at the same time, no one else is really making this kind of game except for Lords of the Fallen, which was okay, but still, like, there's that, no other kind of experience like this, so I don't know if I could get tired of it. I could, I could probably take a Souls game every year if they were um, of the quality they've been. Yeah. And I've liked everyone. I know people. Some people don't like Dark Souls too, but it might be my favorite. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that actually. Yeah, <laughs> we'll it's, see it's how weird. Bloodborne shakes out, but Dark Souls Two is my my favorite right now. Yeah, uh, I've definitely played it the most. Lords of the Fallen's interesting too because like I think that's the big question, right? So like when you talk about annualized stuff like Call of Duty. Part of the problem with Call of Duty being annualized, problem, quote-unquote, but part of the reason that Call of Duty being annualized gets made fun of is 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 because it's not just Call of Duty. It's, uh, it's you know, a dozen different imitators that are also coming out and flooding the market at the same time. Um, it's a dozen different shooters that play exactly that same way. Uh, so the big question for me is, uh, will we start seeing more games like Lords of the Fallen... Um, I think they've already said they're doing a Lords of the Fallen sequel. Oh yeah, um, there is. Will will we start seeing more game, more developers? You know, we've seen a lot of developers who are inspired by the Souls games in some way or another. But will we see more developers actively trying to make their version of a Souls game? Because um, that is where, you know, when the market starts getting flooded that way, um, that's where like I feel like fatigue could really start setting in. And in particular, like you know will we see anyone maybe one day do it as good or better than from um you're seeing a lot of concepts from dark souls um seeping into other games mm -hmm. especially the combat uh you're seeing action developers using dark souls as a shorthand for some of their concepts um interestingly bob like was disagreeing with me when he when i was suggesting that it was a fairly influential game um and I guess it's true in the sense that we really haven't seen a ton of imitators. I mean, there's Lords of the Fallen and Salt and Sanctuaries coming out, but nothing to the extent of I don't think, the absolute ridiculous number of military shooters yeah. that we've had. I don't think you've yeah. seen a lot of, like, clones per se, but I think if you talk to developers, like, I think a lot of developers would tell you that it's one of the most influential games of the past generation, just in the, in the sense that... Um, Developers are playing it, loving it, and saying to themselves, how can I take some of this feeling and put it into my game? They're not necessarily saying, I want to make the same type of game. I think, honestly, a lot of developers are scared by the idea of making the same type of game because it's really difficult. Um, no, it's such a, a well-crafted experience. But I think that... I, I do think you're seeing some developers just saying, like, you know, I'm going to take this concept of uh, penalties when you die, or I'm going to take this concept of of um you know just extremely difficult boss encounters or you know like it's, it's they're taking bits and pieces rather than uh emulating the whole 
Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think most publishers would be afraid to make a Souls uh, clone, al- although Bandai Namco certainly did, but they also published Dark Souls, so, you know, yeah. they're less afraid. But I still feel like that is ki- kind of like an unpopular choice, like, can we can we really do this? Do we want to make a game that's this difficult? Like, I feel like Souls and Bloodborne really have carved out that niche for themselves, and it's going to be hard for another game to... Um, to do it directly, but I think Phil's right in that uh, we're seeing the effects of uh, people that are influenced by it, not necessarily making the same kind of games, but maybe uh, making players, um, sorry, giving less help to players, making players more self-reliant, things like that. I think in, in fits and starts, maybe, but we we are not going to see a lot of Souls clones, I think, outside of the rare Lords of the Fallen and things like that. Yeah, and the problem is, you know, uh, I'm not a game developer, and I don't certainly don't want to ever say like oh this is easy but i i my gut feeling is that like making you know a call of duty clone making a military shooter is uh is easier than making a clone of a like crazy 60 plus hour um intertwined action rpg um and in particular like i feel like if you make like a mediocre military shooter it's easier to like make some people still like it <laughs> but if you make like a mediocre game in this ilk it's going to be it's just going to be frustrating and, and make people angry people will go not as good as dark souls i hate it <laughs> yeah Though, one other question i had um am i wrong to feel like most of the dark souls community has coalesced around the pc versions and if that's the case will that hurt bloodborne going forward do you think yeah, I do think there is something interesting about um, about the fact that uh, you know the Dark Souls and Dark Souls Two are on uh, multiple platforms. So you, you know, regardless of whether or not it's PC or not for the audience, and I think it's difficult to tell for sure. But um, but just it, those games were available to such a wider audience. Um, I, I, I am curious to see how many people are willing to buy a PS4 just for Bloodborne. I, I don't know what that number actually is. I don't have a good sense for how niche the audience is and how much like how much that audience is willing to spend money to get their fix. Um, just by word of mouth, it feels like a lot of people. It feels like it, Bloodborne. yeah, but it, it's also, you know, we're also in a in a bubble to some degree of uh, some degree. of yeah. people who really love Bloodborne. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't I don't necessarily know for sure. It's definitely something that uh, Sony is clearly gambling on um I'm, I'm, i think if um if anything uh, the, the fact that there is no pc version will make it a little more difficult for the community to make content about around the game because you know having the pc version available made it so much easier to look at models to like free up the camera to do like cinematic things and editing but you're very much locked down to what the ps4 can and can't do so i feel like if anything we might see less content online for bloodborne just because um of the the system it's on it's the same case for demon souls there's much less demon souls content just because it's a harder platform to work with in terms of making videos so the last question that i'm going to ask and i suppose it's a two-part question one how do you think bloodborne stands up to the souls games um do you guys like it what are your final thoughts and also is it a good entry point to the series or would you recommend playing one of the other souls games first uh, what do you think, Bob? 
Hmm. Well, I, I'm really liking Bloodborne uh, outside of the few technical problems like the multiplayer issues, the frame rate, the loading times. That's that's all uh, annoying, but the there's really nothing else I want to do even after playing it all week, so that really says something about the game, I think. But um, I don't know. People have been saying, like, I don't know if I'll like this. Should I should I get a PS4? Or should I get this game? Um, and I, my suggestion was, like, Dark Souls is probably less than $10 now. Go out, get it try that. If you like how Dark Souls plays, then you'll probably like Bloodborne. Um, you'll most likely like Bloodborne, or you'll at least know what Bloodborne's trying to do. I mean, uh, even Dark Souls 2, I think, might be a better place to start, and it might be a little more expensive, maybe like 20 30 bucks, but still, it's a fantastic game. So, if you're not really sure about, you know, if you're up to the Bloodborne's challenge, I would check out the other games on the cheap and see if you are, uh, you can dig what they're trying to do. Yeah, I've had people very specifically saying, like, hey, I bought a PS4 recently, um, I want to try this style of game. Should I get Bloodborne or should I get the Dark Souls 2 re-release uh, next month? And um, as I said earlier, uh, I, I kind of feel like Dark Souls 2 is a, a a smoother introduction for somebody who's never played this type of game. Um, so that's been kind of my recommendation. As far as whether or not I, I personally prefer Bloodborne over uh, any of the previous games, I, I haven't played enough to say yet. Um Right now, Blood, uh, Dark Souls Two is still my my fave, but uh, but we'll see. I'm I'm really loving Bloodborne. Dark Souls One was my favorite, and you can go on Steam right now and get the Prepare to Die edition for twenty bucks, there you and go. then start loading up mods and everything, and it works pretty well on most computers. So, I think out of all the games, Dark Souls is the best crafted, uh, the most original. It's like. They expended a lot of energy, creative energy, in making it work. And um, what I have played of Dark Souls 2 doesn't hold up as well. But, of course, I need to play more Dark Souls 2 to be able to make a definitive judgment. Um, and I can't wait to play Bloodborne as soon as I'm done with Pillars of Eternity and Xenoblade Chronicles. So, in any case, you can check out our full review, which should be up right now over at US Gamer. Bob has been, like breaking it down really in depth so you should definitely go check out his extended thoughts on it and phil uh mike mcwerder is reviewing it for you guys over at polygon yeah um, his, it should be up for you guys too right? i think it will be up by the time this goes up fingers crossed uh also uh you know if if you're somebody who doesn't have a ps4 or isn't sure if they want to get into bloodborne yet you could check out uh over at youtube.com slash polygon um myself and my coworker danielle riendo um are doing a full uh let's play walkthrough of a uh, of bloodborne so you can go check that out and i think at the time this goes up the first three or four parts should be live um which is mostly just going to be in the first area because i'm very bad hmm. at video games man phil that's really ambitious of you it's uh it was a great idea good luck <laughs> phil oh uh, well you can also check out bob's stream of Bloodborne over on our YouTube channel, which is US Gamer Net. We're getting a lot more content going up as we speak. And of course, check out our Twitch channel, which is also called US Gamer Net. It's called US Gamer Net, for heaven's sake. Follow us on Twitter, follow us on all of the social media channels. Uh, Phil, where else can we find you? Uh, I'm at twitter.com slash P Kohler. And Bob? I'm Bob Servo on Twitter, and I also want to note that if you watch that uh, video, you can see me fight a boss and uh, sorry, beat a boss in one attempt. Well, that, out of pure luck. And if you're enjoying this podcast, there's also Retronauts, and also from us to you, which is our weekly or semi-weekly 
uh, news analysis podcasts, which are also both on iTunes. In any case, that has been our Bloodborne podcast. Now I get to actually go play it. It's very exciting. Special thanks to Phil Kohler for joining us. Thanks, as always, to Bob. Next week, I think that we're going to be talking about Xenoblade Chronicles, and I'm also working on getting some Pillars of Eternity content, so check out that as well. Until then, happy adventuring. Music for Acts of the Blood God provided by Leif Chappelle. Find more of his music at leifchappelle.com and the RPG Maker Music Pack at rpgmaker.net. For more great gaming content, follow us at usgamer.net.